0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I am Joe and I am with Alex. How are you, Alex? Excellent. How are you doing? Doing real good. I'm excited about our uh, podcast today. We're interviewing a good friend of ours. His name is Josh Shanley. But first, guys, we want to tell you about our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. If you go there, you can get a really cool fast cash survival kit. And it's got a lot of really cool videos in there on how to wholesale deals, whether they have equity or not. We talk about marketing, talk about virtual assistants. Alex, spills the beans on how he uses his VAs to wholesale deals. Do you still have that VA,
1: Alex? I ab- yeah, I absolutely do. It works out really, really well as far as really limiting the amount of uh time I'm on the phone answering questions that everybody get, you know, everybody asks the same question. How does this work? What do you need to know? Blah 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 blah. I really only it what I am able to do is just deal with the motivated ones that could potentially be deals rather than be on the phone all day long. I'm either looking at properties or talking to, you know, high qualified uh, prospect uh, deals. <laughs> and that's, that's what's the name his, of the game.
0: What's his name and email?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, th- I think it's.
0: Uh... <laughs> go take a hike. At yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, you've had him for about three years now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's somewhere around that. He could probably tell you. I'm not sure exact time, date, and all that stuff. But he,
0: but he pre-screens all your leads. You do a bunch of direct mail, for those of you guys who don't know. And we cover this in the Fast Cash Survival Kit. That's free on our website. But do a bunch of direct mail postcards, pretty much, right? And then he pre-screens those calls. They go right to voicemail, and he calls them back. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's one way I do it. Um, I've actually been experimenting with sending to a live answering service and then also doing one where you give the option of going to an answering service or going to uh, a live recorded message just because Hmm. I find that when you send 10,000 postcards at a time, a lot of people get all gummed up waiting on hold for the answering service because even a big answering service out there can't keep up with the volume. So you can lose a lot of, uh, of your call volume that way. So, what I do is I'll, I'll set it up and uh, say, you know, you reached my live real estate hotline if you want to enter your three-digit extension and listen to your message I left you about buying your property. Enter your extension now. Or if you want to talk to somebody right away, hit 7 now. So that way it breaks it up so now they can go either way and I guess the best of both worlds.
0: And what's, what service are you using for that?
1: Uh, answeringservice.com and yep. freedom voice for the um for the uh recorded message
0: so freedom voice is what they first the f- the phone number that freedom voice gives you is the first number that they call yes and then on there you're able to tell them to push an extension to either leave a message or trans be transferred to a live operator yes and the fr- the other website was answeringmachine.com
1: answeringservice.com oh, same thing
0: same thing <laughs> answeringservice.com Cool, I do something similar. But let me ask you something else: the uh, eight hundred fair offer. Those calls, where yes. do they go?
1: They go to a um, to the to a, the actual Telesmart is who our routing company is for that. And so, what happens is it will we'll go and say, "Hi, thank you for calling one eight hundred fair offer. Please enter the zip code of the property you are looking to sell, and right. then it will be routed to the individual licensee for that zip code."
0: Cool. But yes. then, I'm talking about your calls, though, for your same, own marketing.
1: Same thing. I have, I'm in that routing funnel as well.
0: I know, but then you send them to your Freedom Voice account? Is that what you do? Oh, there? no, then
1: they go directly to the answering service.
0: Okay. You don't give them a choice.
1: No. I'm debating on whether to mix that up as well to throw in another filter just, again, to not overwhelm the answering service because the same thing, I guess, could potentially happen. So cool. I'm playing with that.
0: All right, let's 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 talk real quick, and then we'll go on to our interview here. How about deals? What kind of deals are you working on right now, Alex?
1: I just closed one uh, yesterday, actually, uh, for $27,000. Nice. Um, yeah, it was a postcard uh, call that I got. I think I, I've been working with this guy since... February, maybe I went out there, met with him, gave him an offer on the spot, said his mom, you know, he, he needed to review it with her because it's her property and all this stuff. And I followed up with him several times, probably three, four different times. I kept calling him and saying, hey, you know, I met with you. just was following up to see how things were going with, uh, you know, the property. I'm sure you're getting tired of coming back and forth, cutting the lawn and such. <laughs> and, you know, I had that conversation quite a bit with him. And then uh, probably two, three weeks ago, I got a call out of the blue saying, hey, we're ready to go. We're ready to take your offer if, uh, if it's still available. And I said, sure. So I put the property under contract for $130,000. I actually went ahead and listed it on the MLS as contract owner for 190 dollars think, because I saw some as his properties had actually sold you know in the 180s 190s and I was seeing if I could just get lucky and pick one of those off to see if somebody would come by and do that we didn't have any takers so I went I uh, was think we reduced I think to 179 all-, all the while I was talking to one of my best buyers that I have um and he offered me 153 to begin with then I said no Uh, I think maybe I'll just, you know, fix it up myself or whatever. And then he came up to uh, 155 and said that was it. And I said, still not enough. I said, okay, I figured if I brought it down to 179 after commissions, closing costs and all that stuff, I would net somewhere in the 160-ish range. So I figured if I could get him to 160, I would take it. He came up to 157. I said, oh, what the heck, I'll do it. So. (laughs) $27,000. $27,000. <laughs>
0: now, I'm going to ask you what I, I – I think I know the answer to, but I, I, I think yeah. other people are thinking. So you got it under contract for a certain price, and then you listed it on the MLS for a higher price. Yes. Did the owner not care? Did they know what you were doing?
1: I don't think they knew, okay. but they didn't have to know because if, you have a, if you're under contract – You've got a uh, a what would be called a uh, equitable interest. Now I don't know if that's debatable or not, but if you've got equitable interest in a property, you can list as a contract owner. Yeah. Check with your attorney, by the way.
2: <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> you know, but usually I don't have an issue with that. And if it becomes an issue, then basically I would just tell them, you know, hey, we're we're looking for a prospective buyer because it was all my intention to close on the property if I. If um, if it didn't sell and I didn't wholesale it, I was going to close on it and do some work and, and list it back out there. But it turns out I got a good enough offer to where it made sense to just take the uh, the, the money and run essentially.
0: Now so how did you how did you list it? Do you have a, a realtor that helps you with that? or did you yeah. just did you do a flat fee listing? Yeah, yeah, no,
1: I used a realtor and we did a uh, flat fee listing. Oh uh, I mean not I'm sorry, not a flat fee listing. We listed it as contract owner for the normal you know, 3% or 6% or however you break it up. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. We've been real busy here in St. Louis. We flipped I've eight, heard. eight properties last month, and we're on track to do about four. Uh, we have four under contract and ready to close in the next week right now.
1: Wow. Yeah. And so you it's... get those mainly from?
0: All of these came from? Two sources. Number one, three sources. We Every day we go into Craigslist and we contact people who are listing their house for rent and ask them if they want to sell their house. And then we also send letters, yellow letters, to people who are listing their houses for rent in Zillow. So we go to Zillow, find the new the new rentals in our target areas, and we send them a yellow letter. Hey, I want to buy your house. We send it to the owner's address, right? Absolutely. The other thing we do is we will call property managers and realtors of listed properties that we like in our area and just talk to them and you know say hey we're looking for deals and if you think if you find anything and you think of us let us know and we'll let you represent us you can be our buyers agent and so we get their name and email and we have about I'd say 50 or so we've only been doing this a month a couple months and every week we send an email to our list of realtors and investors, and we ask them, "Do you have any deals? Do you have any hard-to-sell properties?" Some weeks, every week, it'll be a little different, but just short couple question emails. Do you? And I think Josh is going to talk about this, the power of this, because it's amazing. It actually works, works really well. And we say, "Do you have any deals? Do you have any hard-to-sell properties? Do you have any properties with lots of mold or foundation problems or termites? Send them to us. We'll make an offer at it on it." and you let you represent us you can get both sides of the commission the realtors love hearing that and so i'd say about half of our deals have come from those emails every week we send those emails out do you have anything and they'll reply back with a couple potential deals we look at it reply back with a, p- a potential offer and then we go from there and so that's been really cool just getting the referrals from other investors and other realtors of hard to sell properties and we've been wholesaling them to out-of-state cash buyers. we found a bunch of cash buyers from who are buying properties in other states from another state. So these are investors maybe who live in Alaska who have been buying properties in Phoenix or Detroit, and we contact them and say, "Hey, can think about St. Louis? It's got it's a good market. We're getting great properties here." And so. We've been doing direct marketing, direct mail marketing to them, and we've got about six solid cash buyers right now that we know their criteria, we know what they want, and we just go out and find deals. We know within like 30 seconds whether one of our six buyers would want that property or not. And uh, if they do, many times we get their go-ahead before we even get it under contract. So it's pretty cool. When you've got solid cash buyers like that, it makes it a whole lot easier. Very nice. But... Let's get on it because Josh is probably super annoyed.
1: Yeah, he's, he's not at all. Sorry excited. about that.
0: <laughs> hey, this is Josh Shanley, and don't uh, pronounce it. I pronounced it right, right, Josh?
1: You got I it. Did.
2: You did.
0: Cool, and uh, we're real honored to have you here. Uh, Josh is uh, is a guy that I've been following for oh, I don't know, almost a year now. On his website, uh, your main website, Reteculus.com. Yep. Okay. How do you spell that? R-E
2: R E T E C H U L O U S. R. E. Teculus.
0: Good. And what's Reteculus all about?
2: We define it as uh, teaching direct response internet marketing for real estate professionals. Very uh, simple to the yeah. point. Yep.
0: Which is, I think, one of the reasons why you guys are doing so well is because you're focused.
2: Yeah. And yep.
0: you're, you're not chasing a hundred different rabbit trails.
2: Yep, absolutely.
0: And, and you've got a huge following on Facebook. In fact, when I do Facebook ads, I hope this is all right to tell you this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're not the first, so I know where you're going, and you're not the first one, so it's okay. fine.
0: What I'm talking about is I, I'll target people who like your page and yeah. s- send them to face- send them Facebook ads. Is that okay? I mean, how does that make you feel when when you know people aren't are doing that? I've always wondered.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm quite frankly, I, I, I'm sort of honored. W- when I get annoyed is when I see people writing the exact same ad because we do tons, tons of Facebook pay-per-click, and I'll see people like basically steal my exact ad and landing page. Sometimes I get a little, but not hot under the collar about that. But no, the, what you're talking about, I, I find to be. Uh, I mean, I do the same thing. And so I I you know I think that's an honor. That means we we've, we've done something pretty cool, I think.
0: <laughs> okay. And and one of the uh you came out with a video boy, I don't know to the uh JV Update community a few months ago about Facebook ads. Yeah. I want to encourage everybody just to get on Josh's list because you give out so many good videos and emails and you give away a ton of free information, which is really awesome. And, and I wanted to ask you, why do you do that? Why do you give away so much free information? Because, guys, I think this does relate to marketing for investors and realtors. But what's your philosophy, Josh, about, about why you give so much good free information away?
2: Yeah, I think it not only relates to real estate investors or realtors, it's, it relates to anyone who owns any kind of business, because the way marketing except i guess the exception is you know big dumb brands uh, other than them you the reason we do it and the reason everyone i think should do it in order to be successful now is you have to differentiate yourself a and the public in general it's 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 different now than it was 10 or 20 years ago the the public from a marketing perspective is is smarter, there's more choices, there's more information, there's more marketing messages floating around. And so, I mean, definitely the biggest reason is we want to differentiate ourselves and we want to be known as the guys who are are willing to provide value even before asking for a transaction. Now, we're not afraid to ask for a sale. Right. So, the, the you know, don't don't misinterpret that because I see some people who can get too far on the on the side of, of giving and, and never asking for a sale because remember in business we still have to ask for the sale you know business is about generating revenue, but you can do it in a way that helps people feel better about the whole thing and and it will attract them more to you and, and there's there's uh, definitely some really powerful ways that you can do this in real estate that for the most part most if any of your competition is not doing.
0: And it's so simple. And I, I know people look at what you do and think, well that's it? That doesn't look that looks too easy or that doesn't look professional. Or why don't why shouldn't I tell them my potential clients about how special and how awesome I am?
2: Because they don't care about that. If <laughs> if I'm a seller, okay if mm-hmm. I'm a home seller, I need to sell my house, right? Mm-hmm. My, my solution is not a real estate investor or a realtor my solution is the actual buyer the closed transaction right and so that's one and two they don't care about you they care about them and they sort of go hand in hand they they're they're looking for a solution for their problem and while you you know you as the realtor or the investor can tell them how many deals I've done, or I'm top two percent in my market, or whatever. That that doesn't that still doesn't convey the solution that that ultimately they're looking for. So and that that's that's the difference between big brands, Coke and Ford and all the like. Just getting you know just just getting those things out. That, you know when you see the Ford commercials, like the 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 uh, the F one fifty commercials, how they're like number one truck for thirty million years or whatever, like. Don't confuse that, brand, big brand marketing and advertising, yeah. with what it takes to succeed in a, in a, a smaller, local-based type of business. They're, they're two very different uh, things, and I think too often all types of small business owners lose sight of that fact, and uh, and that's unfortunate. And that's, that's why we do what we do, because… You know, you can't win. You can't win that game playing the big brand marketing game as yeah. a small guy. It's you just can't win.
0: And and you've I've seen uh, your community and the results that they've had, and it is pretty phenomenal. And I want to talk a lot about marketing, but let's rewind a little bit, Josh, and talk about your history. I mean, how long have you been doing real estate? When did you get started?
2: Uh, I think 2005 is when I bought my first property. Okay. Look for sure. It's 04, 05. I, I started buying and, um, and fixing up properties. And then I, I've done a little bit of everything with real estate. I, I've wholesaled a bunch of properties. Uh, it's been a while since I've done that. But that, that's how I really, when I started wholesaling, is when I really started becoming a student of marketing and so that's probably, you know, that started happening 2006, 2007, and it's where I started applying what we teach still to this day, uh, the principles that we teach, maybe not the, the meaningful specifics, but the principle, you know, the specific tactics have changed, but the principles that we teach, you know, I started learning and applying and, and crafting back in, you know, 2006, 2007. Uh, specifically, building a buyer's list for my, my deals. And I realized really quickly, you know, the bigger this list is, the easier it is to sell my deals and the faster it happens. And so that's, yeah, I mean, that's where that sort of came from. And my, the, the, the teaching and coaching aspect is I went, to, uh, I went to college to be a teacher. I taught for five and a half years. So oh, really, that's my passion is to teach and help others. So I took what was working for me, and I created my first product. It was a uh, it was a product on how to use Craigslist to generate, at this time, at the time I created it, specifically buyer leads. It was called Buyer Leads by Tonight. There's still some stuff out there on it, and uh, had thousands of I had thousands of people buy that course over a couple of year period, and uh, that was you know that was. What got me into teaching and, and coaching and, and uh, sort of the information marketing business of, of, of showing others what I was doing to generate leads and, and turn those leads into clients and do it consistently and predictably.
0: And then you, so you started off kind of on the investing side. It sounds like with wholesaling.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um,
0: did you ever get your realtor's license and, and do some? Yeah, of the I did.
2: I should know these dates, but man, I, like I used to laugh at people, at, you know, who couldn't remember, you know, specific <laughs> years and stuff. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, like that's totally me. Somewhere 2007 or 2008, I got my license. I think it was the beginning of 2008. I got my real estate license. And what's interesting, and and again, is one of the reasons why we do what we do, is most people... And, and, and this applies to many businesses again. But mo- most people, when they get into real estate, and this applies to mortgage, a, a little bit to investors, but you know, in, into network marketing and, and MLM, and uh, people are are being taught by whoever brought them into the business, right? Whoever brought, for example, you know, me as a realtor into the business, they teach people to go and go to your friends and family and try to drum up business there and i just i just never I, I a i couldn't do it because i I lived in an area where i didn't really have many friends or family. I was still relatively new to the area, and i didn't want to do that like mm-hmm. i i didn't want to be i wanted the business to come to me and not me going and, and and you know begging for lack of a better term my friends and family to 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 send business my way it was just it just wasn't my personality, so that was another reason why I became even more, you know, interested in, in, in this direct response marketing principles, these principles, because the other reason that I didn't ever buy into that mantra is that way of growing a business is not predictable or scalable. You know, you may be able to get a deal or two this month, but how, you don't, you don't directly control how much business you'll get the next month and the next month and the next month. And I wanted control. I wanted to know if I generated X amount of leads, I was going to do X amount of deals, you know, and and have direct control over my business. Maybe that's, you know, I still have a little bit of a control freak issue. My partner would would attest to that as well. My wife would, too, but my business partner would (laughs) uh, as well. But that that so it was born out of all that. So, yes, I I still do have uh, an active license. I don't currently work with clients. Uh, I refer all my local business because teaching and coaching and educating is is my passion. Doesn't mean that I don't do what I teach. I, I do the, the I use the the strategies and the principles that I teach. I just refer my business locally uh, currently.
0: And you're seeing tons of success with the uh, with the students. Talk about some of the success you've seen. Some of the people in uh, Reticulous have. Well, uh, let's do this. Talk about. Let let's rewind actually before we even get into that. What what is the reticulous method?
2: So it's it's you know, it 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 ties in kind of well to what Alex and, and Joe, even what you were talking about. It's it's getting traffic, okay, getting people who are interested or potentially interested in buying or selling real estate, getting them into your email database, okay, building an email list of people interested and then it's following up with them in a way that is cool and unique so that you will attract them to you when the timing is right for them because just because i raise my hand and say yeah i might be interested in buying or selling doesn't mean i'm ready to do a transaction today or this week or even this month and you know that that's a that's another sort of huge mistake that we still see real estate professionals make is they only, they'll do part of our process, right? They'll take action, they'll generate leads, and they only focus on the now business. And by doing so, you're losing 70 to 80% of all the potential business you could be getting. So we teach people how to build and cultivate a, a database or a list of people interested in doing real estate so that you can create a predictable number of monthly transactions based upon that and based upon taking a long view of i'm you know I'm going to generate now business by doing this, but I'm also going to generate future business by following this process
0: very nice, so the main process, just so I'm clear, is you're going to create simple Facebook ads or put some ads in Craigslist, driving people. Well, offering some kind of valuable information, and, right. and maybe you can cover what are some examples of valuable information, but from there, you get them to a real simple page where they put in their name and email, or maybe just their email address, mm-hmm. and then you send them that valuable information, and, it, and then you put them into an autoresponder series, as it were, right? So they get regular information or regular updates from you as time progresses. Correct?
2: Right. Yeah, so a couple of uh, points to expand on there. One, I'll give, I'll give people two ideas um, specific for realtors, but they can, it can, it can certainly be spun on the real estate investor side. And maybe I'll even give some examples of that. But so, for example, the, the one offer that we make for buyers is, is quite simple offer them a free weekly list of whatever foreclosure properties, new townhomes, new luxury homes, luxury foreclosures, short sales wholesale properties, no bank qualifying properties, whatever. It could be spun any number of ways. That would be to build a buyer's uh, database. And then, of course, like you said, Joe, you bring them into a capture page. We call it a capture page, squeeze page, lots of different names, same thing. It's a page with one intent. It's to capture the person's information, and they have a choice. They can either put their information in for what you're offering or leave right? There's not a whole bunch of stuff on the page for them to get lost in and then eventually leave anyway without getting into your fold on the on the seller side, specific for realtors right now, uh, we've got a process that we're using and some um, some pretty uh, neat little capture pages that we're using to offer a free home value uh, home valuation. But you know investors you know certainly um, there's there's lots of ways you could spin things uh, on the investor side for sellers, obviously. The simple way is, you know, see how to get an offer on your home in 24 hours or less or some variation of that. But then the the big difference is, and and because some of this stuff people, you know, may have heard before and maybe are even doing, but one of the big differences in, in what and how we teach is after they're in your fold, because most people out there I see are screwing this part up unbelievably Either through the type of messages, the way they're delivering the messages, or not, not sending messages, maybe not sending frequently enough. So that part of it, what we call incubation, is where I, I, I feel like we really, really differentiate ourselves with other people maybe t- uh, uh, teaching and even doing some of these uh, things on the front end that we're talking about.
0: Well, give some examples of what happens during that incubation period.
2: So, you know, a a lot of times people will simply send, you know, for example, uh, let's say I offer a free weekly list of uh, foreclosure properties. A lot of times people will only, you know, that. well, first of all, we we talked about this mistake, but I'll bring it up again. Uh, Many people will only focus on the people that want, you know, more information about a property right now. So you bring them into your list, you send them the list. And and they're only really worrying about or focusing on the people who immediately or very soon thereafter reply. So one thing we recommend is, and the reason we offer a free weekly list, is it, it forces you to continue to at least send an updated list of whatever type of properties it is that you offered, even if there are none. Maybe, maybe as an investor, your list is just the inventory that you have. Well, even if you don't have any inventory, you're just going to send uh, an email that says, Hey, sorry, there's no list this week because we sold all our uh, inventory. Yay for us. Uh, Oh, by the way, if you uh, or somebody you know would like to sell their home quickly, have them call or text me at this number. But the other thing that we do is we, we have a whole series of very short, conversationally toned emails which are designed to get people replying. I shot a video on this. I don't even know how long ago at this point, but you know, people always talk about conversions, right? What's your conversion? You know, even for us, people, agents are always asking, "Well, if you get hundred leads, what's the conversion rate?" And I, the reason I, I shot this video, the purpose of the video was to get people to f- their focus off of conversion rates and focus on getting into conversations. It's good because if you get into conversations, conversions will happen naturally. Thinking only about conversions, you're looking at this business uh, as an event bait based business, right? But it's a process business. I mean, real estate for most people is the biggest investment that they're ever buy or sell. So it is a process. So we through the way we teach people to incubate is focused heavily on getting into conversations by email. Okay, so getting people to reply and interact with your email and we have some emails that people get 50% reply rate. Okay? If you wow. understand email marketing, that's ridiculous. That's
0: a ridiculous open rate.
2: Yeah, that 50% open rate is you're right, is amazing. 50% reply rate is is insane and And while I can't guarantee that that would happen, we have people that report those kind of numbers to us because we're sending emails, we're communicating with them in the same tone and manner that we would with a friend or a family member versus communicating with them both in the look and feel of our emails and our actual content of our emails being corporate or business-like or, you know, sort of going back to the big brand thing where you've got a this fancy header and it's all about, you know, why you're so awesome. And it's this long email that's paragraph after paragraph. People don't want to read that. That's the easiest way to get your communication deleted. Email is a very personal communication platform. Josh,
1: I got a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's say uh, I'm able to get a uh, large list of realtors uh, and their emails and, and such, and I'm on the investor side of things and I'm trying to mail this list to do exactly like what Joe is doing uh, and saying, I want, you know, hey, do you have any deals that uh, you need closed right now? Do you have any deals that maybe uh, were pending and something happened and you want them to close right now? If I've got a big list of, say, a thousand people, uh, realtors, is it best? Is that would it, would it be okay to just uh, mail those in some type of a email service uh, like Eye Contact or something like that? Or um, you or is it best to try to gather them up slowly but surely type of thing with a capture page? Do you think it could work by just getting a, a name and name and email of realtors?
2: That's a that's a, a really loaded question. So <laughs> so rather than if it's okay, rather than tell you whether or not it's okay or well, how effective. To, effective.
1: Okay, how would so you make this most effective? So
2: that's where I was trying to spin it. Let me give you, in my opinion, the most effective way. If you were, hypothetically speaking, going to send a blast email yes. to this list, what would be the most effective, uh, thing. And, and what I, what I want to, so these are three principles that we talk about a lot with email marketing. And I've hinted at some of them already, but let me specifically spell it out. Principle number one is all of your communication, whether it be to a single individual or a list in Alex's example of a thousand realtors or a list of 5,000 wholesale buyers that you've generated or a list of 50 potential sellers. Doesn't matter. These principles apply regardless of the situation. Principle number 1 is your email should be conversational in tone and short and sweet. The shorter the better. When you write an email, particularly if you're sending a broadcast email, you should definitely after you finish it go back and see what can I take out of here? What words or even sentences in here really don't add anything to what I'm trying to communicate because more and more people now are reading their emails on their phone, right? And we're not as likely to scroll. Uh, and even those that aren't reading on their phone, think about you guys. I'm guessing if you guys get a long email, if you're like me busy, I am way, way less apt to read a long email than a short email. 've got to, you've you've had to really capture my attention for me to read a long email okay So short and sweet conversational and tone. Number two is convey a benefit or, or potential benefit to the person receiving and it's got to be one benefit or, or potential benefit right It can't be you know I can you know I can do this or I can do this or I can do this one thing. And then third, include an expectation of response. There should be explicit or implicit expectation for them to respond to the email. And we don't care how. So let me give you an example of this in practice. Uh, one of the things that we teach our, our realtors to do that investors could do as well. So one thing we, we teach, and this is just part of a bigger strategy. Uh, an email prospecting strategy that we uh, give people to prospect for sale by owners. One, the first email, we, we uh, so Joe, it sounds like you're doing something a little bit along these lines. We teach our realtors to go to Craigslist and find for sale by owner listings. And again, this is part of a bigger process, but I'm just going to share one example email response that we recommend people use that will get, we have people that report between 30 and 40 percent respond rate, which is even more amazing when you consider that this is completely cold prospecting, right? right. We've, got a, we've got a prospect who's going to pay attention because they've got a problem they're looking to, to solve. But nonetheless, this is pretty powerful. So the subject line is simply, you know, your house for sale on Craigslist or your house for sale at, you know, if they have the address in there or whatever. And the email reads very simply, if I brought you a buyer, would you be willing to pay me three percent? question mark (laughs) my name whatever information is required by my state right in my signature file that's it that's it that that email sent individually to for sale by owners which you could investors listening you could tweak that to to suit your needs that email sent will get 30 to 40 percent generally response rate and i'm not saying they'll all respond with yes but all we're trying to do is get into a conversation. If we get into conversations, conversions can happen naturally after that.
0: You know, let me add to that as an investor, what I've done before when I've emailed FISBOs is I'll just ask them if their price is negotiable because I'm looking to buy it. So right. you're, you're absolutely right. And in fact, there's a. I was thinking the whole time you were talking about this, there's a podcast called I Love Marketing. Have you heard of that?
2: Yeah, love I mean, those guys.
0: And have you heard about their nine-sentence email? Is that what it's called? Is that what they call it? The, uh, the nine-word nine, nine email, actually.
2: I have. I, you know, I haven't. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm familiar with what you're talking about.
0: But it's basically the same thing. When you want to re-engage your list, just ask a simple question. Something along the lines of, have you sold your house yet? Or if you, have you found a house to buy yet? Just simple, open-ended question One sentence and send it, and it's just a great way to rejuvenate your list, to to get in that conversation, into that dialogue with them. Um, That's fantastic.
2: Yep. So yeah, it's probably we probably either consciously or subconsciously stole it from them. But yeah, we uh, one of our emails. I think it's like we recommend like forty or forty-five days in. For example, um, if if uh, if somebody opted in for a free foreclosure list. Uh, the email is: Hey, are you still looking to buy a foreclosure in St. Louis? Question mark. Yep. That, yeah, you, you, I mean, you get amazing response rate. Again, not all of it will be positive, but it doesn't matter. You're getting a response. Marketing is all about getting people to take some kind of action, good or bad, and uh, and that's all you're trying to do. So,
0: you know, I, um, Alex, what you were saying reminded me of something I did, and I, I don't know why I'm not doing it anymore, but we went into we were in uh, southern california doing some marketing there and i went and i got a list from redfin it wasn't like i bought this list or anything it was from a website called redfin and i found all of the agents who had a property that was pending in my target areas and i from redfin you can download their information and i can't remember you know, I had access to the MLS, so I got some information from Redfin and I got some information from the MLS, but I I would do this about once a week and I would download about three, I'd find 300 names of realtors that had pending properties in my target areas that needed work. These are properties that an investor would be most likely to buy. And I would take their information and I would download it and I would import it into my autoresponder. And I would send them a personalized email that said, Hey, John, I know that you, I see that you have this property pending at 123 Main Street. If by any chance, I'd say I'm an investor, and if by any chance that deal, that contract falls through or if it falls out of escrow, please call me. I'd be interested in making an offer and buying it. And this was just cold emails to a list that I downloaded and imported. And the autoresponder I was using allowed me to import these names without doing a double opt-in. Well, anyway, would you believe my open, my response rate was about averaged 45 to 50%, and I never had one complaint for spam. And I was just blown away by that. Most of the realtors were responding back, oh, yeah, thanks, you know, I appreciate that. I'll let you know. Or it was, no, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to uh, close, don't worry about it. But I would start that dialogue with them and open up the possibility of them bringing me more deals because I was thinking about it as f- from the perspective of what's in it for them. Right. right. So that's what could... I was
2: just going to point out. That's why you're not getting any complaints. Now, that's not to say if you kept doing it forever, you wouldn't. But mm-hmm. you're going to get a, a lot fewer complaints than, than leading with me, 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 me uh, versus leading with them. Exactly. Something yeah. that helps them or potentially helps them if and when they would have a problem.
0: Josh, can you give us an example real quick of some Facebook ads that you do and uh, how you draw people into your list for, from Facebook?
2: Yeah, so uh, right now the we have s- several tor- uh, sort of processes that we're using very successfully. Um, one is to uh, build a buyer's list and one is to build a list of uh, potential sellers, all, each of which is is, uh, specifically designed for realtors, but could easily, easily, uh, be tweaked. And, and even we do have members, um, who are investors and we have members who are mortgage professionals. And because what we teach is principle based, uh, we just give specific examples to real estate. We even have people that aren't even in real estate, uh, as members as well. Anyway, uh, that being said the the, so an example ad that we run that gets amazing results is, uh, you know, it would be something along these lines. It would have the headline, Harrisburg foreclosures, question mark, in marketing, whether it be a headline, subject line of an email, a, uh, the title line of a Craigslist ad. When you can ask a question, it's a good thing. It gets people engaging with it. Same reason that we say, you know, uh, uh, the expectation of response in an email message, asking a question engages the person and they want to answer. Anyway. Harrisburg foreclosures, question mark, very simple, free weekly list of Harrisburg area foreclosures. And if we've got the room, I I usually put, you know, no cost or obligation or something like that, because there's specifically with the foreclosure list, you know, there are some services that'll try and hook you in and then want you to pay for a list and so forth. So there's a little bit of Consumer knowledge about that kind of stuff, and I want to make sure that they know that you know this isn't one of those those deals. This is really a a free list, and then um, you know the image. When it comes to Facebook advertising, the image is critically important. I mean, you've got three components to a Facebook ad: you've got the title, you've got the body of the ad, and you've got the image. All are very very important, but the way that you're going to at least initially grab the consumer, your potential lead is with the image. So you want to make sure, you know, specifically when we're putting pictures of houses, uh, you want there to be a blue sky because that pops off the page. Uh, You want it to be nice and crisp and clean. Uh, Sometimes we'll take an image and we'll put a red border around it because that draws people to it. But we'd create an ad like that and we'd send them to a very, very simple squeeze page that, that just says what they're going to get. It's not, uh, we, don't, we don't recommend a bunch of bullet points, uh, a bunch of text. It would just echo back exactly what led them there. So if we said they were going to get a free weekly list, when they got to the squeeze page, it would say, free weekly list of Harrisburg foreclosures. Enter your email now for immediate access. You know, and we might have, you know, this privacy policy or, you know, we respect your privacy but we keep it really really uh really simple. Can you think
0: of a I hate to interrupt you because I know but I know yeah, you no, got to leave no. here. Can you think of a good ad for sellers who might want to sell their house?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the the ad that we're getting that is uh working really well is again you you you'd have an image of a local looking home with a crisp blue sky. The headline would be blank area homeowner, Harrisburg homeowner, question mark, and the one we're using because we're offering a uh, free home valuation is something along these lines. Harrisburg home values are up. Find out what yours might sell for right now. Specific for an investor, depending on what type of niche, you might say, uh, Harrisburg homeowner, question mark. Do you need to sell your Harrisburg home fast? Question, uh, you know, You might have another question in there. I can help. Click here. And then the page in that case, the page might say a little bit more about you know the benefits of getting an offer quickly with you because the the body of the ad can only be so long, so you you got to keep that message short and sweet. But but that we're getting specifically on the home valuation, we're getting leads at staggeringly low prices, low cost.
0: That's excellent, man. I, Josh, I wish we could talk more about this, but you got to get going. Very very good. How can people get more information about you and how can they find you
2: Sure you you mentioned our blog already our our uh, website reticulous.com specifically for people who are you know might be looking for access to our specific uh, system and what we call the method and uh, as well we do live group coaching calls we have unlimited support and we've got a private Facebook group you can get more information on those uh, on that and and some done for you services that we offer at reticulous.com forward slash lead packages, all one word, lead packages. And uh, reticulous, again, is dot again com And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that, I, unfortunately, I have to run. I have to pick my daughter up. But I'm, I'm totally uh, stoked that you guys were able to have me on. I love talking about this stuff. I hope people listening got value. Well, I think we did.
0: I mean, I got about four pages of notes here. They're not huge pages. They're small pages, but (laughs) I I do. (laughs) You're making me feel good either way. Well, thank you, Josh. And guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com if you want to find out more about our Fast Cash Survival Kit and see all of our previous episodes. And uh, we got a lot of good stuff on there. Thank you, Josh. Have a good one. Thank you, Alex.
2: Yeah, thank you, Josh. Great stuff. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate your time.